Are you tired and worn out? Does everything you love to do feel like a chore? Maybe you're just busy and not productive. Luke 10, 38-42 says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha was so busy moving and preparing, making vision boards, prepping the house, walking the dog, and whatever else was on the to-do list, and was missing the opportunity to spend time with God in human form. Let's dive into this story a little bit more as I give you a few ways to be more productive in your walk with God rather than just doing busy work. I was definitely Martha before, many times in different situations. I welcomed God into my life, just like she welcomed him, welcomed him into her home. And that's important because similarly, we do the same thing. We confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is our savior. However, some of us, when we do that or when we get this profound word from God, we immediately begin to try and change stuff about our outer appearance before we change our inner appearance. If you don't work on the inside, the outside will just continue to fail. In fact, Matthew 23 and 26, Jesus said, blind Pharisees, first of all, He called them blind and I just, the gangsterness of Jesus is just beautiful. But he said, blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish. Then the outside will also be clean. In this verse, Jesus was using the cups as a reference of our bodies. Before in this message, we begin to see how the Pharisees were so just worrying about the outside of their appearance and and having everyone else believe that they were someone big. But Jesus is saying, if you don't fix the inside, we pretend with a smile and overpriced clothes and that everything is all right. Yet we have sin lingering in our thoughts. We are consistently on the go or on the move sometimes just to escape the anxiety within our body. So Jesus tells Martha that at his feet is where we should be. What does Jesus' feet represent in this passage? It represents submission, humbling, and worship. Healing on the inside is done at the Lord's feet in God's 
presence. And when I read um, Psalm 51 and 11, um, David says, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Mary was in a very humble position. And just like David, she knew the importance of being in God's presence. She knew the importance of the Holy Spirit being with her. If she's at his feet, that means she has to get low and submit herself. She had to submit herself and she had to admit to herself, excuse me, that I don't have all the answers. No matter what, I need God. And this wasn't a one-two-step method and now she's fine and she's okay in her life. But she humbled herself before the Lord in order to receive all that she had. It was a consistent thing. She was listening and learning his ways. She wasn't focused on everything else, but she was focused just on him. And that's really hard. I'll admit sometimes I'm not focused on God. <laughs> I'm focused on my behavior. I'm focusing on goals. And sometimes you aren't even focused on what you can, um, on God. Sometimes you're just focused on what you can do, what you can produce. What, what can I do for you, God? And many people see prayer and, and talking to God and taking time away as not as a waste of time um, and perfecting their bodies and perfecting what they can do as more as a productive thing. But God or Jesus told us, which is the same thing, but Jesus told us something different in this verse because the Bible says, he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, you don't care that my sister left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. This, this means that God is seeing productivity as a different thing. The most productive thing you can do is spend time with God. Now, people on the outside, they're going to be like, okay, so because she's always in her house and she goes in there and it looks like she's laying down and she's reading and all of this stuff and, and we have all these tasks to do. But you know that the best place for you to be re-energized, the best place for you to work on your faith is in the presence of God. And how do you do that? Again, you're reading your Bible daily. You're worshiping and praying in the spirit and you're finding a community, a community that does the same thing and pushes you back into the presence of God. When I read John 6 and 28, Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he sent. And in this part of the Bible in John 6, and I believe it's somewhere in um, 25, but if you read John chapter six, you'll, you'll see it. Um, the people were, after Jesus was telling them all these great things and they kept asking Jesus, what can we do? What can we do to get this? What do we have to do? What do our bodies have to do to get this? What is the work that needs to be done? And God said, this is the work of God. You want to do the work of God? This is what it is that you believe in him who he sent. You believe in God and then you believe that he sent me. That's all the work that I need you to do. That's it. 
And when you're constantly doing this, you focus less on behaviors and sins and the busy schedule and more on the person or the one who created you. When I do all the behavior modification, me personally, I just fall right back into sin. And then I bring in a whole bunch of other problems with me. But instead, I have been changing my way of thinking and I have been focusing on the one who can save me from anything. We have to or we should focus more on how much we can learn about the one who loves us the one who died for us, the one who protects and shields us. And once those urges or those problems or those thoughts come and try to distract us, we'll break out into worship and we would know who to call on. We would know what he has already done to us. The Bible says in Isaiah 26 and 3, you will keep him in perfect peace who mind, whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. Your worship in the storm is almost um, serving as a trust exercise. Like, will you repeat those words? Will you remember who God is and will you believe on him? And no, in any way in this message, I just want to get this disclaimer out that this isn't an excuse to call up the girls and have a wild night and do all the wild things and God is just going to grace you through it. No, it's not that. It's a push for you to set your mind on God. You will set your mind on God so much that when the enemy plays his tricks, because he's going to play his but when he does play his tricks, you'll be so close to God that if you fall, he'll be right there, right there to pick you up. Or he'll give you divine instructions on how to endure through a season. I just love how um, Jesus summed it up and spoke of a promise in his correction when he spoke to Martha. He said to her, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Choosing to listen to God is the only thing that matters. And when we do that very thing, he will never leave us. His promise is that he will never leave us, and no one can take it away. It says this very thing will not be taken away from her. It will not be taken away from you, from me. The word he gives us will never be taken away from us. Choose God instead of worry. Choose God instead of the busy works. And lastly, I love how Paul talks about um, work or the law or um, of course, yeah, the work of the law in Galatians 2, 19 through 21. And the message Bible really, really helps me sum up this um, this passage. And basically, Paul has already constantly talked to us about how he intends to do right. He wants to do right. His spirit wants to do right. But his flesh failed over and over and over again. And he finally concluded that, I had to stop being a man of law and be a man of God. He had to stop concentrating on all the things he couldn't do 
and trying to observe something so much and failed so much and focus on the God who can bring him out of anything that will rescue rescue him from anything. So my question to you is, are you a woman of law or works or what you can do? Or are you a woman of God? Are you a woman of God? So before I leave you, I want to give you some practical steps to take. And trust me, this is not a one, two, three method and all your problems are solved. But this is something that you do and you create a habit of. And then you begin to discipline yourself in doing these things. And then later they'll become a desire and a part of your lifestyle. And you'll begin to see things change in your life. So the first thing I would say is identify the problem. Martha wasn't just mad about her sister not helping her. She was frustrated with all the things she was worrying about. The battle was in her mind. And as you see, Jesus revealed that to her. So when you ask the Holy Spirit for his convictions, he will give it to you. One thing I commend Martha for doing is going to Jesus with her problem. Even though she had selfish reasons or she believed or we believe she had selfish reason, really, she submitted her problem to God. She opened herself up for God. And she told him what she wanted. And in return, God told her what she needed, that she needed his help. That she needed to stop worrying. So ask the Holy Spirit for his convictions. And worship God. Y'all, let me tell you, give it to him. Sacrifice that thing that brings you comfort. Um, when you start to see like, oh, wow, I have a habit or I'm constantly going to food and pie and chocolate and candy. And pie. I'm really talking about me. <laughs> When you go to those things, when you're feeling some type of way, instead of going to God, sacrifice that thing. Instead of going to it and you see yourself reaching for it, just take your hand back and think about God. When you feel like, um, oh, I'm lonely and I don't feel like I'm enough and now I'm depressed and you better call old Tony and tell him to come over and slide through. Before you do that, give it to God. Sacrifice it to God. Bring it to his feet. Go to his feet. Get in his presence. And from there, you're going to build an altar. My pastor told us that every time we are facing an issue or we want to go back to the old things, we should say, God, I give this to you. And I love that. Sometimes we pray and we give it to God the first time, like we said, when we worship God and we sacrifice the thing. And then we try, try, try. We do good. And then we just fall off. And we like, man, deliverance, deliverance wasn't good for me. It didn't work for me. But no, don't doubt it. It did work for you. But the thing is, we are wrapped in flesh. So that our, that means that our body is going this way and our spirit is going this way. And it's a constantly battle in there. But when you begin, begin to give it to the Father every time a urge or a feeling comes up, whatever you're faced with, so as believers, we build an altar. We begin to pray and worship God and replace those negative thoughts with scripture. We begin to say, God, you are the healer. So I know I am healed. You are the provider. So I have more than enough. And watch how your life changes, y'all. I promise you, this this does, this works for me. Like, I don't know about y'all, but this works for me. Giving it back to the Father over and over again, it works for me. Build your altar. And the last thing, read your Bible. 
read your Bible. How do you even know who God is and what he do and what he's capable of if you don't even read your Bible? In order for you to know who your God is, you have to read your word, the word, friends. You got to read the word. Every time Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, he cut it down with the scriptures. He hit Satan with the, it's written every time. <laughs> so I hope this helps you in your transition to, pro to productivity versus just being busy. Remember, I love you. Grace and peace be upon you. And remember to be a woman of God versus a woman of busyness, if that's a word. <laughs> Let's pray. God, we thank you. We exalt your name. You are the king of all kings, Lord of all lords. And God, we are having trouble with choosing you versus choosing our problems and situations. We do love you, Father, but help us to love you. We do believe in you, Father, but help us with our unbelief. Help us to bring it back to you over and over again. At this moment, God, we open up ourselves for your convictions and for your corrections, Father. We open up ourselves for your love, God. We open up ourselves to hear from you. We thank you. And we give this to you, Father, because we know that putting it in your hands will take care of it for us. And we can live and go on with our life knowing that you are already ahead of us working it out, God. We thank you. We thank you, God, and we praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye, y'all. Hey, hottie, thank you so much for watching. And girl, I know you didn't come over here just to lurk. You wanna be a part of the squad? Make sure you click that subscribe button and turn those notification bells on. See you next time.